I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days. I'm Neil Smith, joined as always by Steve Bonham. Super Bowl! Super Bowl, indeed, as we sit down today to talk about Tampa Bay. Oh, boy. But once again, it is the 28th of August. So if anything we say sounds a little bit dated because something happened, check out the wrap up show, which will be scheduled for the fourth, uh, possibly the third, actually. As I uh, as I sit down and check that out, so it'll be it'll be that Friday right before draft weekend. So we'll be sitting down to provide any updates and any anything like that that needs to happen right before the start of the season for you. And we'll be referencing the Fantasy Pros ECR as well as our own collateral to set this up. Everything we're going to say is based on a 12-team PPR redraft league because that is the new standard. Check us out at importantnonsense.com and importantnonsense.com/patreon. And for one dollar, one little dollar, sign up as a Patreon and check out our Discord. So we've got that new for 2021. Chat with myself, chat with Steve, chat with anybody you'd like. We have our entire staff loaded on there for you. We'll be happy to answer questions, look at your team, evaluate trades, or frankly, just talk about fantasy football in general. So we look forward to having you with us for the 2021 season. But with that, with that lovely commercial out of the way, Steve, let's let's get right into it. There is, this has been a fascinating thing. Obviously, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl last year, as everybody has covered. And we're not here to talk about that. That's not the point of the show. But what is interesting and relevant to that is they're realistically the only team in NFL history that has won a Super Bowl and functionally returned everyone the next yeah. year. Everyone. So this is a lot of familiar faces from last year. So if you played fantasy football last year or follow football, there's not a lot in the way of new ads that we're going to go through. They keep, they're keeping the band back together and they're going to try and ride out to win another Super Bowl basically for as long as Tom Brady can miraculously defy father time. Yeah. So that's that's what the plan is and frankly, I think it's a pretty good plan. I don't know about you, but I'd probably make the same decision if I'm Bruce right. Arians. Yep. So with that, Tom Brady himself. We know he's getting up there. He's he's getting to that point where, you know, people are really talking about how many more years can Tom Brady play? How many more years can Tom Brady play at this level? I have questions about his doctor that's not actually a medical doctor, but that's not for this show. That's a different show. Uh, but realistically, based on the information that we have, we've talked about our quarterback tiers quite a bit, right? We've got, I believe, unless something has changed for, for your side, for my side, it hasn't. He's still in that that like tier three of quarterback effectively with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and your established veterans that no longer give you a rushing floor. Right. Yep. For me, it's, we, we talked about that as well. For me, that's tier four because Jalen hurts floats in a purgatory. Forgive me. It would himself. be, it would be, it would be tier four <laughs> Forgive me, with Jalen hurts in his own tier. <laughs> yes. But otherwise, uh, yeah, he's right there, right behind Rodgers at 10. He's in our projections at 10. He's in the ECR at 10. There's really not a lot. And to what you were saying as well, 
the it's a 53 man roster, but there's 11 starters on both sides of the ball. And they're the first team to ever bring back all 11 starters on both sides of the ball the following season. So there are no retirements, no trades, no cuts, no free agents. Like they brought back literally everybody, which is insanity. So yeah, there's, it's going to be basically status quo. Remember we talked about last year, Tom Brady struggling at the beginning of the season. And then they would, because you know, new offense, new team, mm-hmm. new chemistry, and then they and would no hit their stride up, and no run up to it for right. him. No training camp, no preseason. So they would hit their stride about midseason. And sure enough, what happened? They they start, started a little better than we expected them to. But even then, they hit bumps in the road. There was, of course, the famous four fingers <laughs> where he's like, "Wait, isn't it fourth down now? No, the game's over. You just lost to the Bears." Um, yeah, all like all of that, the bumps in the road that they hit and then they hit their stride and they got white hot at the end of the year. They go into the playoffs hot. They go on a run. They go all the way, win the Super Bowl, and they bring back basically the whole roster. So they have Tom Brady coming back. They have the same running backs and they even added some new pieces as well. So, yeah, and it's but it's largely the same. As you said, it's the first team ever to return your starting 11 on both sides of the ball. So it's it. We're in uncharted territory here, but it took a while for them to get ramped up, right? They had to get everybody familiar with the new playbook. Didn't have any preseason to do it. They had to get people to buy into their roles because that's the one thing you didn't mention there. Because they've got Leonard Fournette and folks like that who are accustomed to doing things one way, and had to kind of get mentally ready to do things the Arians' way, the way he wants it. And that caused some problems in the beginning of the season too, getting people to actually buy into what their actual job would be. But by the middle of the season, toward and especially towards the end, everybody seemed to to buy into it all the way, and it paid them off. They won a Super Bowl, so that defense will be great again. I have very little of the way of concerns about them being able to keep Tom Brady upright. I mean, there's not just not a whole lot to talk about. You the know, only reason he's, he's I think 10, you've actually brought up a great point here. So Tom Brady coming back. I do do that right. from time to time. I know, but. You, the, I think the best point you brought up was there's not a lot to talk about here. Tom Brady is what it is. Gronk is another year older, mm-hmm. but he's still the starting tight end. He's not good enough to be a top 10 tight end anymore, but he's still in that dart throw area with everybody else. That doesn't change. You've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. It's now a full season of the three of them, but... We still have, at least I do, Evans and Godwin as two top twenty-four guys this year. Do you agree with that? Yeah, there's really no, there's really no, uh, no way you couldn't, right? Right. Mike Evans is coming off five consecutive thousand-yard seasons. Even mm-hmm. if this is the year he doesn't do it, I and still, you take them in whatever yeah. order you want too. Like the ECR is Godwin at fifteen, Evans at sixteen. I have Godwin or lower than Evans, but again, you're in. For me, that's the same tier of player. So you take whichever one you like. I have them within two spots. I have Evans at 14 and Godwin at 16. Yeah, and with with those rankings, I'll end up with more Evans than Godwin, and I'm fine with that. I think the only talking points on this roster are what do you make of Antonio Brown and then the running back room? I think that's really it. No, that's really it because the rest of it is status quo, and we know what to do with it. So just don't overdraft Tom Brady. Is mm-hmm. the only thing I would say because we do still see folks running into that problem. Like, the rushing floor prevents, and that's him the from same thing too. Five. Like Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, 
even Justin Watson. These are all talented players that if they were in any other situation on any other team would be sleepers, but because there's so much in their way of production, they're guys I'm not even remotely interested in. Yeah, no, there's nobody outside of the established starters that is worth, and Keyshawn Vaughn is kind of a similar thing, although he's not at the talent level of the guys you just mentioned, but if he was in a different situation, he might actually be able to see some meaningful playing time, but he won't here. Right. So there's nothing to talk about except for the established starters. There's no sleepers to your point. There's nobody like waiting in the wings. This is your team. Mm-hmm. And so to your immediate question about Antonio Brown, uh, I've got him in the forties. Yeah. That's the, and that's about the level I'd be willing to count on it because he's another year older. He was great for them when, you know, he finally got his feet under him and got acclimated to the offense. Tom Brady's going to look for him early and often. As we saw, he's going to do it, but he's going to look for all three of these guys early and often. They're going to throw yeah. it quite a bit. It's the offense. It's Arians. It's what they do. Yep. It's, so I'm not overly worried about Antonio Brown. I just wouldn't overpay for it. That's really the analysis for a lot of these older guys. Don't overpay for Tom Brady. Don't overpay for Antonio Brown. Don't overpay for some of these names. And beyond that, I prefer Mike Evans to Chris Godwin slightly, but that's really it. And then is there any other note that you want to give? We're doing this a little bit differently than we normally would. Where we would go room by room. But here, there's just everything is pretty much a fair ADP from what we're seeing. I'm not seeing anybody getting egregiously overdrafted. The only two I ever see are Tom Brady and Antonio Brown. And I think it's because people see those names and they want to. But even then, it's like right now, Antonio Brown is going at wide receiver 40. Yeah. And we, we, yeah, we've seen the talent there where Antonio Brown could be a top 24 wide receiver and last won me a fantasy championship list last year, folks. I can't say anything negative about Antonio right. Brown here. I'm, I'm, I'm my hands are tied. <laughs> and, and like last season in the games that he played, uh, weeks nine through 16, the fantasy relevant weeks, Antonio Brown was again, a top 36 wide receiver. He had 11.5 PPR points per game. So he wasn't great. But he wasn't terrible. He was a usable flex. So it's it's not crazy to think that he could have a decent season this year. And again, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin get hurt. All of a sudden, he's on the field even more, putting up even better numbers. I'm right there with you in terms of ranking. For me, I have Antonio Brown at 38. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit ahead of the ECR and his ADP. But like I said, it's just it's the upside. It's if if one thing goes his way, well, I guess two, because he'd have to not get arrested. But if two things go his way, then all of a sudden he's got a potential to be a top 24 wide receiver. Yeah. And And neither one of Evans or Godwin is necessarily a lock to mm -hmm. make it through a 17 now 17 game season. Hamstring injuries have plagued Mike Evans as he kind of continues on in his career. And Chris Godwin is not what I would call injury prone, but he does have a tendency to get nicked up in previous mm-hmm. years. So I, I don't know that I would count on Mike Evans or Chris Godwin to get through the whole season. So it even gives Antonio Brown just that to that path that you were talking about where he yeah. could actually ascend a little bit. So I'd be fine with it. So at that point, that's your wide receiver room, guys. It's, it's the folks, it's those three guys. They're all pretty much, they should all return value with their relative ADPs. And so should Tom, if you get him at QB 10, roughly. And then beyond that, we could just talk about the car wash that is running back. Yeah. And that's where the real talking point is, because you've got Leonard Fournette, you've got Ronald Jones, you've got Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't matter. He won't see the playing field. But what is slightly notable is they added Giovanni Bernard. Yep. 
and he's had, been playing well. They added Bernard over James White, who was with Tom Brady for all those years in New England, and they made the choice to go with Bernard instead. So that tells you it's the mustache. You, it's the yeah, mustache. That, that tells you what they believe about him and his pass catching ability. He's been the primary pass catcher in Cincinnati for years. So that's basically what he brings to the table is he's far and away the best pass blocker and the best pass catcher that they have on this roster. And it's not remotely close. No, like it's it's very easily him. Number two is Leonard Fournette. So I believe that he will also get his share of targets. And then in a very, very distant third, it's Ronald Jones. So Jones has a possibility to lead the team in rush attempts. But I think that Fournette is the goal back and will get more targets. So because of that, I favor him slightly over Ronald Jones. But again, if Fournette were to get hurt, Ronald Jones all of a sudden goes into a legitimate starting role. He would still be splitting it with Bernard, who is the third down back no matter what. But I, I think that he ends up at least having some kind of value, but it all depends on Fournette going down. Right. And so for that reason, I have Leonard Fournette, my own personal rankings, basically in the 30s. He's right in that that James Conner, Jamal Williams neighborhood that we've talked about a few times, yeah. where it's a guy that has half a job with an upside to have the whole job at that yeah. point. Ronald Jones is down in the 40s for the same reason, except I don't feel as good about that. We've seen Ronald Jones play for years, and he spits the bit pretty regularly when they try to give him like a full workload and really count on it. And then I've got Giovanni Bernard at the bottom part of the forties, top part of the fifties, because he's, he's only got that third down role and it'll be good, but it's not something you're realistically going to want to like invest heavily in or yeah. be counting on week to week. And realistically, if Keyshawn Vaughn was a better pass blocker, Giovanni Bernard probably wouldn't even be there to be honest, but he's not. So that's why Bernard is there and will be starting over Vaughn effectively. So yep. That's really it. I wouldn't want to get too invested in well, any of these guys. And that's guys, the problem, too. Like, I'm right there with you. I've got both running backs in the mid, both Fournette and Jones in the mid-30s. I have Fournette slightly higher. And then I have Giovanni Bernard at 49. Yeah. But ADP right now is Leonard Fournette at 30, Ronald Jones at 32. And that's yeah. just way too high for me. Too rich and for my blood. On ESP, and even then, they're closer on Sleeper. On Sleeper, they're 30 and 31. But on ESPN, right now, Fournette is going at 30, and Ronald Jones is going at 37, which is right where I've got him in my rankings. But you're talking about Leonard Fournette at this point, who is a guy that we have been high on in the past, and we believe is the better back of the two, is going in the seventh round. That's a that's a hefty investment for a guy splitting a job with two other people. Uh, We've got so- to do an argument last year about not being the guy like he was used to and then had mm-hmm. to accept the reduced role, which he eventually did. But that tells you everything you need to know, right? Reduced yeah. role. That's going to happen again. They're not going to go out. It's not Jacksonville. They're not going to go out and just declare Leonard Fournette the guy and give him his old Jacksonville workload. It's not going to happen. Right. Exactly. So it it's just very odd uh, that that's that's the way it's it's shaping up right now. And then Giovanni Bernard is going at running back fifty two, basically at the end of your draft for free. So in a PPR league, there's not a ton of upside for Geo, like when he was the handcuff for Joe Mixon. But I mean, based on projected points, because we're talking about PPR, I have him with more points than Ronald Jones right now. So 
a guy you can have at the end of your draft who's going to get targets and catch the ball a ton. It's a lot like a Naheem Hines situation, but you can get it five rounds later. Yes. And so Giovanni Bernard is weirdly, even at 29, which is another weird thing that I think people, I think if you ask people how old is Giovanni Bernard, they'd say 34. Mm-hmm. The mustache also doesn't help that either, but that's fair. That, that's uh, that's what I think would happen because it feels like he's been in the league forever and he has been by NFL standards, but he's only 29 years old. He's still on the right side of 30 for this season, which is what we care about for redraft. So at that relative ADP, I find myself in leagues where I maybe am a little thin at running back because you get some values at wide receiver. I find myself coming away with him uh, relatively um, frequently, to be honest, because yeah. and, and I feel pretty good about it. Because if he gets the, the trust of Tom Brady, which he's already started to develop in training camp and in the preseason, man, when they go hurry up, it's just going to be Bernard out there the whole time. So, and they're going to be in hurry up quite a bit because that's, again, it's Bruce Arians. It's what yes. they do. So Giovanni Bernard is an interesting kind of sleeper type of situation that he's the one that I view as a value and he's the one that I want to invest in. And I'm going to just let others fight each other over Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette this season. Not really interested at that at the relative price points. Beyond that, as we mentioned, since there's no, he's like the one free agent slash kind of sleeper thing. There's nobody else to talk about down this depth chart. You're not drafting any of them. Maybe know who Tyler Johnson is or Scotty Miller is in case there's a slew of injuries that happen because then they'll be out there. But beyond that, it's not something you're drafting. And so really, I think the talking point then is the defense. Yeah, I mean, they're the number one defense. Like you said, it's they're they're bringing back the entire defense. So to to have that kind of knowing the system, everybody gelling already, just continuing on with what they did last year. Well, and it's worth it to point out what they did last year, which was they amassed a lot of sacks. Yeah. They have a fearsome pass rush, which is what you're looking for out of your fantasy defense. And because they're playing in that in that in the NFC, especially in that division with what's going on with the teams around them, their schedule is actually not nearly as hard as you would think it'd be for a team that just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So they're not going to have to, there, there are some bad matchups in there, but I think the only thing really at that point, just to mention is, Hey, I know it's the number one defense and I know they've got an easier schedule than what you would think. And they're returning a lot of starters and they should generate a lot of sacks and turnovers. Still don't overpay for a defense. Right. Ever, 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 ever. I, I still, a week later, I'm not recovered from that knowledge that the that the Steelers' defense is going in the eighth round. Right. Part of me will never be the same. Yep. I shouldn't be surprised, but it, it it's unbelievable. And then, so that that really wraps that up. And then there's Ryan Suckup, who will be kicking for them again, which it doesn't really matter. Kicker is kicker. So it's a short show today, folks. There's not a lot to cover with Tampa Bay. You kind of know what you're getting. It is what Just it is. Don't overpay for too much of it, or really any of it. And if you can get it all at fair ADPs, which most of it is coming back at, feel free to draft away. And so with that, we will catch up with you tomorrow as we roll through the Tennessee Titans. Catch you tomorrow. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. And you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!